welcome to our podcast Beyond Bubble Baths and Affirmations. My name is Karen and I'm Joanne and you will probably know us better as the Neurosculptor and the Brain Geek. After several years as working as a mental health therapist it became apparent to me that trauma aside the one big thing standing in our way of living a life full of peace and happiness is that we simply do not know how to love ourselves. And the sad truth is we've never been taught how to. Now, Joanne, I know that you will agree with me when I say that our own personal quest has taken and actually it continues to take unwavering commitment, courage and patience. Yes, Karen, I completely agree. And I think that's basically why we are so passionate about this podcast, because we believe that when you know how to fill your own cup up with self-love, you have so much more to share with others. And we will be sharing with you our own life lessons, expert knowledge in the field of neuroscience and spirituality, and we will invite other amazing teachers in the field of wellness to join us and share their nuggets of wisdom. So with this podcast, we hope to reach as many of you as possible and show you how to access the serene power of love, which is available within each and every one of us. Beyond Bubble Baths and Affirmations is our love offering to you. Hey, Joanne. Hi, Karen. Welcome, everybody. Can you believe we finally made it? Uh, We finally made it. I am so friggin' excited. It's been a, a slow cook, hasn't it, Joanne? It has been a slow cook, but sure, you know what, there's a whole lot of love being put into it, hasn't there? Yes, absolutely, and yeah, definitely a little bit nervous, not going to lie, um, but I'm sure we'll get through it, and if we get really, if we get really stuck, we'll just start havening, and that'll make everything better. <laughs> absolutely, <laughs> I might haven right now. <laughs> so what we're going to do today, what we're going to talk about, what we're going to share with our listeners think we're going to talk a bit about self-love yeah and our own journeys absolutely yeah just give a little insight into you know our own personal take and what kind of that journey has looked like really yeah yeah and I suppose that's the reason why we called it beyond bubble baths and affirmations is because oh if only if only self-love only required a couple of days at the spa with your friends and that everything was fixed that would be that would be ideal I used to think that's what it was I had no idea that this self-love business required an awful lot more vulnerability and courage than than a a day at the spa did you Joanne? Um, No I absolutely thought it was something that you purchased <laughs> and yeah, but you know, life is a great teacher, and eventually learned that it is something that you get from yourself. Yeah, you know, it's funny actually. I think I remember whenever I was younger using it as a derogatory comment. I'm really quite embarrassed to say that, but saying, Oh my goodness, look at them, they love themselves. Yeah, that's so damaging, you know, that judgment of someone. And actually what I would have been judging would have been something flash, probably thinking that that meant that they loved themselves. So I had really no understanding um, what it meant or how challenging the journey would be. But, oh, I mean, it's it's unavoidable if you want to live a fulfilling life. Absolutely. Like, you have to face your demons. Absolutely. I know I, I agree. I would have been the same. Like, I would have thought, oh, you know what, go down the town on a Saturday and get a new top 
for going out on the Saturday night. Oh, you know what? I'm feeling myself. I'm loving myself. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> boy, does it take a whole lot more than that? <laughs> My version of self-love would have looked a bit more like avoid, 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 meet, 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 avoid failure, avoid failure, avoid confrontation, avoid confrontation. I grew up really, I think, incredibly I scared as a child. Um, I suppose I was thinking about this today. You know, I was born in the late 70s, 1976. Can't believe I'm just displaying my age to everyone. Mm -hmm. But yeah, so I grew up in 1976. And for the first 20 years of my life until 1996, you know, Northern Ireland was a dangerous place to live. And I think I sort of when you knew no difference, you you sort of became immune to that. However, you know, it was on the news every night, this drip feeding of another bomb or another killing. And you knew people that had been affected, you know, people, friends at school whose parents perhaps had lost their lives or, you know, and my, my dad, I remember he owned his own business. And I can remember as a young child, you know, going around his big store, he had a furniture business and for a while they had been targeted. And I remember going round, you know, me and my sister going round checking below beds and carpets and for devices, you know, and, you know, and that was, that became normal. And I remember being evacuated from the, from the swimming pool and watching my own hometown being blown up. So, you know, to me growing up as a child, the outside world was very dangerous. Yeah. And that coupled with two, I mean, incredibly loving parents, but they loved me from a, a space of fear. You know, my mum wrapped me up in cotton wool. Like she loved me dearly and I felt the warmth from that, but it really was a fearful type of love that she, she you know, she didn't want to let me go. To the point, actually, Joanne, this is quite funny. I, I tell people this story all the time. Um, me and my sister used to have roller boots and we loved our roller boots, but my mum would hide the second roller boot so that we could only go round in one roller boot so that we wouldn't fall. So there was this like, I suppose, fragility growing up. I felt like that the outside world was very dangerous and that I needed my mom to survive. And as I grew into adulthood, into early adulthood, that was really disempowering. You know, I never really got that sense of empowerment as an adult. And I, and I was oblivious to it, you know, I was walking around blind to the fact that I was scared, you know, in denial of it, like, um, and so it, it wasn't there to be fixed. I didn't know I had to work on it. And add on this fear of failure, I, I suppose I really didn't have a, I didn't have a positive experience at primary school. I really didn't enjoy primary school at all. And um, I, my sister was incredibly intelligent and I was always comparing myself to her as did my parents and, you know, extended family. And I had a real excruciating fear of failure. And that then led me to avoiding and making excuses, you know, to not show up for myself to the point that when I came to doing my A-levels, I'd went through all my two years of A-levels and it came to my a level English literature exam and I literally jumped on a plane and went to Spain like mm. that day I didn't wow. do it, which felt incredible incredibly smart at the time I mean I was lording it up lying on a beach and like in everybody in your year and must have been like Karen is so freaking cool 
<laughs> oh yeah it felt really cool but it didn't I'll tell you feel very cool whenever all my friends were jetting off to university and I ha was standing in Portrush with my tail between my legs yeah and again uh, you make excuses you're like oh isn't what I wanted to do anyway but it, you know deep down the truth is that really hurt and and there was this thick layer of shame being created you know real shame and disappointment and a real feeling that I was a failure and I never addressed that and that led me going into my you know adult life making really poor decisions that were not based on any level of self-love but just sort of thinking well this is the direction life's going to take me in so I will go with the flow mm -hmm. and that you know led me to up until I was 36 in 2013 when I really had what I would call a, a mental breakdown and my, my whole world collapsed. Um, I, I walked away from my marriage, uh, my business, and I really had not a clue who I was, where I was going in life. And I suppose I had to break that bad for me to waken up. And that was the moment really, and it didn't happen overnight, that... I became much more aware that something had to change within me. Yeah. Um, and sure. so I suppose self-love to me now, if I was to sum it up, is doing things that scare the life out of me because they serve me. And I couldn't do that without having gone through all of the trauma healing process that I have went through, through the healing techniques. I really couldn't have faced that. But there is a level whenever you've healed your traumas that cognitively you have to start feeling the fear and doing it anyway. You've got to break those barriers. And through time, your brain becomes more familiar with that process and you build up that bank of courage and strength and resilience to face these things that scare the bejesus out of you. Mm -hmm. And that's why I'm here today, because believe you me, the first time I thought of doing a podcast, I was like, uh -uh, no way <laughs> so that's that takes me to where I'm at today it's not a linear process there's so many layers of it um but the first the beginning of it for me was really realizing how scared I was of everything wow. what about you Joanne what what um self-love so self to me well now I know that it kind of means all of those things like food like how we eat even the food that we the love that we put into our food um how we exercise you know the amount of sleep we get meditation you know all those things that we can tick the boxes to but if I look back to whenever I was younger and my role models for self-love you know I have typical um, Irish parents that are you know you're last on the list they were last on the list everybody else mattered you know Daddy was out working about 14 hours a day um, uh -huh. and I loved a wee session in the pub and mummy was, yeah, mummy was very busy, a busy mum to four children and stuff and she was a typical mum where she's last on the list, all the children are first, daddy's next and all that there. So I learned um, that I was last um, to give to myself, you know, that it's I should be given to other people and that's that's how you do love that's what you do you give 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 um and so really then I became depleted um mm -hmm. and I had no love to give and in fact I had quite a similar story to yourself 
in primary school, I didn't have a good experience. I was bullied quite a lot. And yeah, it was just quite a hard time for me. And mm-hmm. then, you know, I grew up again. I just I had no idea of self-love um, and thought I was to get it from other people. And again, I went through a hard time in secondary school um, and developed an eating disorder to try and take some control over what I thought, you know, was my life. But again, it was making me worse. It was making me more sad, more depressed. Um, But then I eventually um, started working on myself um, after a few relationships that ended quite badly um, because, again, I was trying to rinse all the love out of other people and depleting, depleting people, depleting myself. And yeah, so self-love was a journey that I eventually got to whenever I decided enough was enough. And, you know, what is what is this love and, and how do I give it to myself? Because therein lies the power. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, whenever I started this healing journey, I realized that it is those little things like, you know, maybe meal prepping on a Sunday so that you've got something really nutritious and delicious to eat during the week, or whether it's getting up out of bed um, half an hour early to do that meditation or to do a little bit of stretching so you can send love to the parts of your body. As we know, every cell in our body is listening and the, this, we are getting feedback from the um, brainstem of how we're treating ourselves, the thoughts we're thinking and everything is linked towards that self-love. So, um, yeah, it is something that has not come easy to me. I haven't had it modeled, but it is something that I am continuously working on. And I am very excited throughout this podcast to um, continuously learn tips and tricks. I could definitely do with loving myself more, as we all could. And, um, yeah, I'm excited for the journey that we can go on and to give myself more love. Do you agree with me, um, Joanne, in that if you had not visited those traumas in your life that you would have found this a lot more difficult to move through you know as in you know and I think that what what we really need to understand is that trauma doesn't have to be those big life-threatening incidents but yeah. that there's these we chip in these small traumas throughout your lifetime growing up that we as adults have belittled or adults that were bringing us up belittled that actually in those moments when we think I mean we both said we had a, a painful experience at primary school you know those those early years you yeah. know as we're growing up between the ages of zero to 10 our brains are like sponges you know we're literally in a hypnotic state and we believe everything that we're told and you know some of those memories that stick out are actually sometimes encoded in a traumatic sense meaning that our bodies and our brains are now extra vigilant for them and they become really we we develop really unhelpful survival survival patterns as a result of it and that I know had I not have revisited them and they are like needles in a haystack you know trying to identify these traumas is if you're unaware of them can be quite a lengthy process Mm. so I suppose for me one of the things that I do to show up for myself in a loving way now is whenever I feel myself triggered whenever I feel upset or annoyed for whatever reason because of a circumstance outside of myself, instead of reacting 
in the way that I would have, I sit with it, you know, and I, I go, you know, what's going on here within me? What's this trying to tell me? What does this mean to me? Why am I feeling this way? Where before I would have felt victim to that, powerless to do anything about that, and really would have started into this process of blaming everything outside of myself. This isn't fair. Why do people do this to me? You know, you know, why is this happening? Yeah. yeah. And that is the difference between victim mentality and a healed soul, I suppose. And that process, that that awareness, that sitting in that quiet space and that awareness is absolutely so important for you to move through and change your life it's so it's so necessary for transformation absolutely yeah like I had an experience recently where I felt like I was my needs were not being taken into consideration and they were not being met and I instantly felt triggered and I was like right you know this is definitely something really early here this is an early wound and I am going to sit with it and you know obviously you could go and you could work through this with Havenin you know with a professional but I um, sat with it and it was it was something really early where I felt like my needs were not being met um, in childhood and you know sitting with that pain and just allowing it to be there or teaching you whatever it is that that needs to teach you therein lies the power and taking that back not being victim as you say you know to even through that Joanne of course I did (laughs) yeah Yeah, I mean using havening with just the somatic sensations is fantastic actually and allowing them to be dissolved and melt away in their own time these things can't be rushed they can't be forced there can't be an urgency behind it but it's actually allowing ourselves to be comfortable with these uncomfortable sensations which our whole life we've been trying to push down and ignore yeah but they're always going to keep up to until they're understood they're going to keep rising and in fact they'll every time another thing happens there's more fuel being added to that fire of the emotion so we have got to face them I think you know sitting with myself in that way with these feelings has really taught me some of the hardest truths I've had to learn about myself And I think that's possibly the most difficult thing about self-love because what comes up for you is not always a pretty picture. You know, it doesn't make you the most proud of of yourself in any shape or form. You know, one of the harshest truths I had to learn was after my divorce in 2013, I had um, what I considered to be a solid group of friends that I thought would have my back. And... They, ju- they just didn't. And I wallowed. I mean, I wallowed in self-pity. I was angry. I was sad. I was upset. I was hurt. I ruminated. I stewed in it. I got drunk on it. You know, I, what, I, I festered in the self-pity of how they let me down. And really, it wasn't until I had started to, I suppose, do a certain amount of healing that I was able to sit with that pain and actually reflect on what part I had to play on in that and I had set the standard of how I should be treated you know I you know growing up I was my friends I I really was a people pleaser with them I I find myself being overly agreeable 
I was so afraid of confrontation, actually, that, you know, I was really easy to get on with because I didn't cause anybody any hassle. And I was a giver as well. You know, I was fortunate enough to come from a family, a pretty privileged family. And so I, you know, I would give money and I would give them clothes and I would, and then I would feel really upset that, you know, it was taken advantage of or they weren't returned or you know and I didn't have the capacity to ask for these things back so I had set this standard with friends that just said hey take 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 and I'll cause you no hassle and then I felt victim to that so really I had never demanded any respect for myself I had never showed them that I respected myself so therefore how on earth could I expect them to give that to me in return I had set the standard and that was a real harsh lesson to learn because it's quite hard when you're angry and upset with someone to think that you're partly to blame. You know, you feel like, oh, I'm letting them off the hook. And actually, that's not the case at all. What it is, it's like, okay, that wasn't kind. What they did was not kind. And I recognize that. And I realize that there's, you know, parts of their personalities that were not right for me. And if I was honest with myself, I would have realized that I realized that anyway. Yeah. But that. I am now going to stand in my power, have the courage to speak my truth, stand up for myself and walk away from people and things that do not serve me because I'm no longer going to disregard my feelings because I'm important. How can someone think you matter if you don't think you matter? Exactly. And that was a bitter, sweet truth to learn, but oh boy, how did it change my life? And I mean, I bark on about it all the time on social media, you know, about loving yourself, loving yourself, walk away from things that are not serving you. But I really do mean it. And it's like, I don't mean anybody any harm. I don't, I'm not, I'm not carrying any anger anymore. Uh, whether you call that forgiveness or a release, I prefer the word release. But it's so liberating and it was so necessary. And that type of shit will never enter my life again. Love that. You know, because, and not from a guarded point of view, but from my trust my instincts I trust my gut when people show me who they are I must learn absolutely absolutely what about you what's the harshest truth you've had to learn um it's actually quite similar but in a different type of relationship so in my 20s like I actually I was reflecting on this the other day that um in my 20s I had um some relationships in fact I had followed one I'd moved down to Dublin for a fella really um that I was mad about and you know I just was so needy mm -hmm. in my 20s I was so needy again it was that reflect that that belief had carried through of um you know I there's nothing within me and I have nothing you know I must give 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 yeah. and then I I can only receive from other people and I mean the neediness coming out of me I just like talk about a clinger like <laughs> great a clinger I mean if they had said do your handstand I would have been doing you know cartwheels yeah. um you know look I can do this I can do this deplete myself deplete myself give 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 exhausted yeah. and reflecting back on who I was that previous self I just feel so much empathy for her because she was a very, very unhappy part of me. 
um, who was searching for love and in, in the only way that I knew back then. Yeah. But um, so yeah, that was a hard that was a hard choice to realize that I was the like I used to blame all the relationships like they're not giving me the attention, they're not giving me the love, you know, them, them, mm-hmm. them. And whenever you know, I realized, hold on a minute, like I'm the one that's given, given, given. Uh, that's my choice. Yeah, that has been my choice, and I'm feeling depleted because of my actions. Mm-hmm. And you know how how could anybody <laughs> how could anybody put up with that for a start? But that was a hard that was a hard um, pill to swallow for sure. It is like an epiphany when you wake up to it, doesn't it? It's like, how did I not see this like this before? It's like, how did I not see what I was doing? Yeah. And you can, I I mean, I don't recognize the person that I was six years ago, you know, six, seven years. I don't recognize myself at all. And, And actually, through the healing you know all the healing process I went through and let's face it it's not finished there's plenty more to go there is no end journey but you know through it um oh I've forgotten what I was going to say now but yeah it's it's definitely uh, it's definitely necessary yeah yeah it's definitely necessary and it's it's like you know well we know that everything in life is necessary so thinking about that you know what is your like best mistake that you've ever made that's a funny one isn't it Joanne? because I suppose especially with me with that fear of failure you think of mistakes and failure sort of as hand in hand and without making a mistake you can't learn from it so I think for me I, I remember whenever I just finished my um, Havening certification which was about four years ago I remember thinking, oh, the whole world needs to know about this. And I, I had this lovely group of about 12 women who I was going to go and deliver this talk about standing in your own power and, you know, really healing yourself to the core. And I went along with very little in the way of notes. I thought, I'll wing it, I know my stuff. And I went to stand up and deliver this talk, to these wide-eyed women. And as soon as I went to speak, honestly, Joanne, my legs went like jelly. My heart started pumping. I was jittering all over and I had brain and mouth disconnect. I could not string a sentence together. And it was so obvious that there was no other way to handle it but actually own it. And I said, oh, I'm so sorry. I don't know what's come over me. And I sat down in the group, thankfully. They were lovely. They were like, oh, don't you worry. You know, just you settle yourself. And I imagine I, I, I managed somehow to deliver something but I don't really remember an awful lot about it because my, you know I clearly was in flight you know I really was in flight and freeze something between somewhere between them two which would have been my go-to sort of survival mechanism and anyway I thought after that I came out of that and knowing what I did know about trauma and how your system fires up whenever it feels under threat I, I as opposed to feeling powerless to that and think, no, that's me, I realized, okay, I've got work here to do, which was really helpful because in the past, I would have never done that again. It would have been right, that's it. I'm never going to do that type of thing again. Um, and I was able to find the root cause of that and heal that. Um, but the reason why I say that's a mistake and that I made the mistake that I was healed and that I was complete and whole and fixed and if I had not have made that mistake, 
I wouldn't have shown up to that meeting, which would then have never shown me that other level of growth that I needed to go through. And so I'm really grateful for that mistake. I'm really grateful I thought that I was healed because it allowed me to show up. And I mean, if I had any inkling that I was going to respond in that way, there's no way I would have went to that meeting, no way. So it was a really valuable lesson learned and actually one that still serves me to this day because now when stuff comes up for me that's really uncomfortable, I look at it and think, right, you know, I need this, this needs worked on. Yeah. This is this is presenting itself. So in a strange way, what happens now is you can look at your challenges and those um sensations as opportunities for further growth. So you're only going to empower yourself even more. So I think that's what I was going to say earlier on was like, yeah, you know, when you do enough healing, then you can look at these painful experiences and actually in, in a way be grateful for them, which Absolutely. I remember reading quotes about that when I was really, really sick and thinking, what? <laughs> How can you be grateful for all of the people that are hurt you in your life? <laughs> They've taught you the most valuable lessons. What about you? What's your best mistake? Um, it's actually something quite similar thinking that there is an end goal with healing really um, I remember about five years ago um, whenever I was starting my healing journey I'd watched Eat Pray Love, oh, love uh, um, and myself and my two best friends went to Bali and it was around my birthday and I was like girls for my birthday I really want to go and find this amazing healer and so I researched um and I found this guy who looked like he was the real deal. And <laughs> so we drove for like ages and ages and this wee rickety bus and everything to get to the healer. And we arrived and the and like outside it was really underwhelming. But whenever you got inside, it was loads of really beautiful flowers and really bright, um, extravagant fabrics hanging mm -hmm. everywhere. And I, so I was totally like taken in. I was like, yeah, this is it. This is the moment. And... I'll never forget, the, so the healer came in and he kind of chatted to us for a wee minute and then he went back out. And my best friend just turned, I remember seeing my best friend's face, Laura. And Laura was like, uh, oh my God. And I was like, what? And she was like, what about his nails? I hadn't even looked at his nails, right? But you couldn't have missed them, Karen. They were like something out of the world Guinness Book of Records. Like they were literally going back on themselves. Like, uh, I just don't ask me really really long like winding round long oh Joanne um, I thought you were going to tell me he had some like funky bejazzled nail varnish on them or something <laughs> <laughs> that would have been a lot better we could have dealt with the nail varnish but these friggin nails they were like something else but um yeah it what just take from that experience yeah, yeah that experience just really I just came away from it laughing you know, and I was like, you know, there is nobody that's going to have this magic wand that's going to say, ta-da, you know, you're healed. You're never going to have any other challenges. You're never going to feel that feeling in your stomach again or that, you know, fight or flight or whatever it is that you find challenging. You are just going to have to do exactly what you said. See life as opportunities to work through anything that might be coming up for you and realize that life is not happening to you it's happening for you yeah. so that you can um, then grow yourself and move into the best version of yourself so yeah 
um, that was one of the best le lessons learned that there is no end. I think, yeah, it is that balance of trying to get that message um, across, you know, that we can't render our cognitive brain powerless either. I know that, I know, I know, I talk an awful lot about, well, look, we really need to heal the trauma because clearly that's where our like, like field and our line of work is. We need to heal the trauma for the rest to become easier. But we also need to actually cognitively use our, our brain to say, look, I need to take responsibility for this and go and get the help or, 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 or learn about it or practice some form of self-soothing technique, whether it's havening, havening, whether it's meditation, but that you can't remain powerless to the situation. There need, you need to seek help or, or take some form of um, control over the situation because the alternatives is to remain trapped and really miserable and, and living in a life that's really unfulfilling. Yeah. So lastly then, Joanne, I'm going to ask you, because I'm a real sucker for a quote. I love a quote. I pick them up every day. Um, uh, what's your favourite quote? What, which quote have you over the years felt resonated with you or really struck a chord with your own journey? So one that I'm loving at the moment, because let's be honest, everybody loves a good quote. And, you know, the, every day, never mind every month, they completely change. I but, believe in Pinterest. Oh, I love it. Love it. <laughs> you, know, you could just get lost in there for hours, can you? Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> a wee yeah. scroll. Um, so a, a really good quote that I love at the moment is by Marianne Williamson. And I love this quote because I feel like right now it's something that I can really resonate with as I, you know, grow into my more authentic self and start coming more into the light by doing things like this podcast. Mm -hmm. um, so the quote is, our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. Yeah. Love it. Stepping into the light. I have so many as well. It's like, which one I'm going to choose. I mean, I do love a good Brene Brown quote. I have to say she, she talks in a way that really resonates and strikes a chord with me. And I can't, I can't decide between two, so I'm just going to do the two. <laughs> more the merrier. So I'll do the first one. It's by Virginia Woolf, and it's you cannot find peace by avoiding life. And I think that resonates with me so much because for the first 36 years of my life, I think that's exactly what I was doing. Well, you know, the earlier years I can't take responsibility for, but for the adult years, I, I really had no clue and was avoiding life so the second one is a Brene Brown one and it is our job is not to deny the story but to but to defy the ending to rise strong recognizing our story and rumble with the truth until we get to a place where we think yes this is what happened and I will choose how the story ends amazing amazing I love that rise strong love that yeah brilliant so i think we'll wrap it up joanne i yes, think we're gonna do a wee um we're gonna do a little self-affirmation evening thing for yes. uh, for our listeners yeah absolutely so what are we doing crossing our arms across our chest yeah and we're gonna stroke down our arms just very gently very gently stroking from our shoulders down to our elbows absolutely. and that is self-evening yes 
Absolutely, yes. So what we're going to do is we're going to say um, an affirmation, Karen, with this. Mm -hmm. So the affirmation is, I am well. I am well. All is well. All is well. And all is okay. All is okay. Oh, I love it. Yeah. Okay. Very okay. soothing, isn't it? All right. So I am well. All is well. All is okay. Oh, I am well. All is well. All is okay. Beautiful, Joanne. Beautiful. Oh, I love it. I'm feeling all buzzed up now. <laughs> can you do that? You can do that throughout the day, actually, can't you? I always like doing havening in the shower. Whenever my, you know, my hands are all lathered up, I do it in the shower and I think of it like brushing my teeth. And you I say, the bath. Would you, Karen? Huh? You could do it in the bath. You can do it in the bath. Oh, you do the bath. Oh, you do it in the bath. Oh, you do it in the bath. That's really is. Yeah. <laughs> some love. But I think of it as like brushing my teeth. I wouldn't forget to brush them. I don't forget to clean my teeth. I don't forget to clean my brain. So on that lovely note, Joanne, it was great. I really enjoyed this. Amazing. Um, if you enjoyed this podcast, follow, share, and um, listen out for some more. Bye. Bye, everybody.